Yeah, that, that's the more the older I seem to get here, the more I seem to understand that it's the people who do it every single day. You know, those are the real ones that end up doing something. I mean, like it's not maybe they don't do it once or twice or ten times or a hundred. They do it over and over, and they just won't give up. Yeah, everybody's so concerned about the sale that they're not thinking about what's best for the homeowner. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you think about what's best for the homeowner, just like if you were the homeowner, what would I want? And if you create a path where the manufacturer can't get out of the warranty, it's better for everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the Patrick Carr Show. Imagine this one right here. Farmer to NASCAR to roofing entrepreneur to roofer of the year. I'm excited today to have a guest by popular demand across the country. I got Jason from Eustace Roofing. Definitely stick around for this one, everyone. All right, welcome, Jason. This has been a long time coming, brother. Yeah, happy to be here. Heck of an intro. Uh, never heard it like that, and I like it. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, your story is an absolutely incredible one. Um, it is one that I, I want to start out with. I usually just want to jump right into what's going on in the business, but I hope I didn't exaggerate here. You're talking about a family, grew up a farmer, you move into NASCAR, then you become this roofing entrepreneur, and you were just roofer of the year by our good friend, Dimitri Lipinski. How does this all happen for Jason, buddy? Well, it takes a lot of people, uh, a lot of valuable people that uh, invest a lot of time and, and trust in me and to, to grow together and, and to have a vision, um, you know, and it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of difficulties that you learn in, in farming and uh, NASCAR was difficult and, uh, you know, it's, it's all about people at the end of the day, surrounding yourself with great people. Let's talk about people and I want to talk about the culture and everything, but when you speak about people, I look at Eustace Roofing as really the standard in a lot of people's eyes for what is a great roofing company and great leadership and culture. But I want to point this out to everyone. 150 or so employees, W-2 employees, this is not an exaggeration. Um, explain to me why do it that way in a world where 1099s and you know side help seems to be the standard. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely difficult to be different and to bring people that are from 1099 into W-2 and try to show them why it's better for them. Number one, it's less risk for them as far as, you know, you're covering them with your workers' comp and your insurance. The homeowner is in better hands because of it. Um, but also, in the state of Florida, there's a lot of laws. And uh, if you're hiring a 1099 contractor in the roofing industry, he has to have a roofing license to work for you. And so people just neglect that and just move on. It's not really monitored or taken care of. So I just wanted to do the right thing. And if I had 1099 guys that didn't have a roofing license, I wouldn't be doing the right thing. But uh, I also wanted to bring them in as part of the family. And I feel like when you have somebody as a 1099, you're not doing that. Mm. Um, I want them to be a part of the Eustace Roofing family, not just some 1099 guy that we use on the side. But I think the two questions that people would ask are, number one, is it affordable? And number two, is it scalable to have a company where you have people? Because I think that a lot of people have been trapped by this as entrepreneurs in the roofing industry. Mm -hmm. um, how, do you, how, do you, how are you able to manage that when so many others are not? 
Well, I mean, first of all, safety. You got to have good safety record to do this. I mm. mean, it's it's vital. It's important. Um, and you know, when you do what we're doing, you're you're really making that a priority already because they're part of your family. So you're going to treat something a lot better uh, as far as safety aspects for somebody if they're part of your family. But you know, not every region you're going to be able to do this. It depends on your workers' comp rates and percentages and how that works. And then your mod rate is a big deal also. So it's a progressive thing that you have to build as a company to be able to afford to do that. But I don't think that I could do it any other way because it's like a basketball team, right? If you just bring random guys in for different games, are you ever really going to have a good team? Mm. Um, are you going to bring guys in that don't wear the jersey, that don't have the logo, that don't represent something? Are they really going to be an all-star team? If you're going to sell tickets to an event and then you bring random people in and then push them out and bring another group in, is that something that people are going to want to see? Are you going to be successful? Well, I'm not letting you get away from this question, okay? Because I talked about NASCAR earlier and how mm -hmm. somebody becomes a farmer to NASCAR, your entrepreneur into roofer of the year. Um, which I got to say this do you run this team a lot like NASCAR used to run a team? And what exactly does that mean? Because I think there's a lot to be gained from how you run the team and really how they run themselves. Because I've seen your guys out there, man. It's not, it's not just one crew leader, you got multiple guys who, who believe in what you're doing. Yeah, so you got to create a path, and that's one of the main things. Mm. If you have a crew chief, a crew leader, a project manager, those are all paths to success for your guys that work for you. So if people can't see a vision or can't see where they're going to go later on in life or with your company, they're not going to really give you what you're looking for to provide for the homeowner. So <clears throat> those things are all necessary for, number one, reason to actually perform really good at the best and, and be able to give a good product, but for two, to have somewhere that you can go. For me, when I worked in NASCAR, I did every job. I went from the fabricator to the mechanic to the pit crew. I was a jack man at one time, uh, car chief. Um, and the reason I stayed there so long is I wanted to do something different or go down that path and keep expanding my horizon. And so I wanted to do the same thing in roofing. Um, it's just, I learned so much from NASCAR. It was so hard. Um, and then um, I also learned working for other people, how I wanted to be treated. Uh, I worked for every angle of that. I worked for crew chiefs that uh, had a hot temper. I worked for some that didn't have one at all. He would just look at me wrong, wrong and I would feel so bad, you know. And then I had other ones that would scream and yell at you. And uh, I also worked for people in like a fab shop that just didn't treat me good and I didn't feel good about myself. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to take all the positive things that I learned and implement them into my roofing company. I heard a speech one time by you. You mentioned one of those crew chiefs. You had two that really impacted you. Um, one might've been actually better at being the chief, might've been better with the cars. Mm -hmm. You said one in particular is better with people. Yeah. Um, do you think that's something that often is missed by entrepreneurs in blue collar industries where they know the industry. They know how to do the plumbing. They know how to do the siding. They know how to do the roofing, but they don't take care of the people that make it happen. How, how important is that? It's one of the number one things. I mean, you have to draw good people to you to be successful. Um, you can't do it on your own if you want to go further in life with your, what you're doing. So I think that's the problem in roofing is we, I noticed that right off. You have these really, really good roofers that can build a really good roof, but they can only do one a week or two a week because they can't expand because they can't become people persons. They're just so focused on the roof being good. And um, then you're watching these marketing companies come in and take over their market because they're really good at connecting to people. Yeah. So, but then the homeowner's not getting a great job. So my thing was, how do I take that 
roofer that's doing a really good job and expand that and be that and then also do it with people just like the marketing company is. So take the good roofer, the good old hometown guy that wants to do the job right, but expand that. Yeah, I think there's two connections that I've seen at Eustace Roofing that are that are incredible. One, your connection with your people. And I'll use an example, Stephen. Um, if I walked into this place and I told you and I asked you, I said, hey, Jason, I need you to tell me a little bit about everybody you got in this office. I don't have a doubt in my mind you could, you have. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many owners out there can walk into their office with a company of your size and be able to at least tell me one or two things about the people that are working for them. I bet not many. Um, and some of your family who have gotten a chance, they can do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, they actually genuinely give a crap. Mm -hmm. um, it's not manufactured. But then the second, in my opinion, is the connection to the people and your community, um, which I'm gonna mention here in just a second. But the community itself, if, if you're a contractor, I want you to sit there and if you're listening to this in your car, ask yourself this. If I walked in and I asked you, who is your customer? Who is the person that is going to use your company here? Who's the person that is needing your services? Talk, talk to me about that individual. Could you tell me? Or would you just take a guess by who you know? Um, and if you can't tell me who that person is, what does it say about the involvement of the community that you have? What does it say about the people that you're trying to service? Um, if you can't do both, you're missing a big part, in my opinion, about what it means to be a local contractor in your area. And I think, Jason, that's when these companies, these marketing companies, these solar marketing companies, yeah. they come in and they take a piece of your cake because you're not guarding it well enough. Yeah, I don't want them taking my cake. I don't yeah. want them taking the jobs off the table that I can provide for good people and create a pathway for those people. I mean, I want to battle those guys as much as I can to protect the homeowner and the guys that install the roof. I want to give them a great opportunity also, not just the homeowner. You know, I want to provide significance to the guys that work for me. And I don't feel like some of these marketing companies are meeting that need for the guy installing the roof. I know every employee that works for me. I know their story. And I'm actively trying to create a path for that person to grow. Like I said earlier on the podcast just earlier today is, you know, I want you, no matter if you stay here for a long time or not, I want you and I can guarantee you that you'll leave here better than you came here. That's my goal. Man, that's such a strong goal right there to have. I want to play a little game with you, okay? okay. I know I've never done this on the podcast before, but I thought about you and I know a little bit about you. I thought this would be a little fun, all right? Okay. I'm going to do five quick hitter questions I was thinking about, all right? First question, what's your shingle of choice over here at Eustace Roofing? Tell me a little bit of why. Here's the reason I ask this, Jason. All my roofers and anybody in the blue-collar blue trades, there's always competitions for the product that you use, right? There's always some companies saying they do it better. I'm interested as a leader in this industry why you choose to put a product on your roof that you do. Yeah, so uh, the number one shingle of choice for me would be certainty. They've been a partner with me. So if there's a problem, they take care of it. I know that my homeowner is in good hands because of my partnership with certainty. They cover their product. They have some of the best warranties in the business. If you're looking for shingles, I think the number one warranty you can get is the five-star warranty from certainty. And, I, and that's who I want to do work with. Who I, here's the deal. At the end of the day, if something goes wrong with that roof, I know I'm on the hook for it. Mm -hmm. So I want to be partnered with somebody that's going to connect and help me solve the problems if there is a problem down the road. If I'm putting on, you know, 50, 60 roofs a week, I need a good partner and a long-term partner. That's who Certainty has been for me. Um, we've been working with them probably for 20 years now. Wow. wow, man. In a world where it seems there is no loyalty, that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, I've got their back and they've got mine. Yeah, that's what it should be about. Second quick hitter question here. Somebody walks in. Um, I know you've got a team of people that hire different, uh, different departments. They are looking for a job at Eustace Roofing. I'm just going to go overall here. What is the first thing that you look for before you hire somebody? 
Mm -hmm. That's funny. I watch the way they walk into my office and I watch the way they walk out of my office. I mean, you can tell a lot about somebody by the way that they walk, by the way that they carry themselves. Um, you know, and it's, I'm not one to hire people that have been in the industry for a long time and tell me all the things that they can do. I really like the honesty, you know, like, Hey, listen, I'm going to be up front with you. I can't do this, but I can do this. And I'm saying, Hey, I can teach you. That's one thing here at Eustis. If you're not a carpenter, if you can't lay shingles, if you can't instead dead valleys or whatever the hard things are in roofing, we will teach you. And that's something that we provide our leaders. When we have a crew chief on the job, he's a teacher, he's a leader. You could run your own group here at Eustis Roofing if you can apply what we teach you. We will teach you. See, I think that same principle holds true in more than just who you hire, but it's any belly-to-belly sales where you're selling yourself. It's 80%, okay? This was Jen Johnson and Chuck Toki taught me this. Mm -hmm. 80% of your first impression is made before you open your mouth. Mm -hmm. How you walk up to a door, how you, and if you're a car dealership, how you walk out to your customer who's on the lot. Any kind of time you're going to be right there with that person, it is made in the way you walk. Put your shoulders back. Walk with you, have some purpose, and that you're you're proud of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that right there, how they walk into my office. I'll tell you what, some of my best roofers are the cleanest cut guys you've ever seen in your life. They show up in the morning and they're dressed, their shirts are tucked in, and I'm like, man, these guys are amazing. I mean, they, they come to be professional. And you know that guy, when he makes that cut, it's going to be perfect because of the way that he dresses. Mm. I'm on a kick right now, Jason. Before I go to my other quick hitter questions, got me thinking, man. I was thinking I was doing a poor job the other day, um, the culture of our company. Um, and this is probably about, I don't know, this is probably right as you started. I'm not sure if you were there yet. But I accepted something I, didn't, I shouldn't have accepted. Somebody showed up at a time they weren't supposed to show up. We were supposed to be there 10 minutes before. And I, at first, I, I caught myself, but I let it go. I, I, met it, I talked to the person privately, but I thought to myself, what does that show the rest of my team right in the moment? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, let's just get the meeting started. But in reality, what it showed is that, okay, well, this meeting starts at 8 o'clock. That's 8.05 is acceptable, I guess. Um, and I really messed that up. And... I found with you that although you are a people person out there, there are certain things that are simply not acceptable, but I think I fall into that trap as trying to draw this company of making sure there's a standard and that standard is held to every single time. It could have been a mistake I made. Yeah, I mean, for me, the m- most important part is making sure that I'm there on time, like as a leader, as setting that example. You won't catch me there late. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the one of the number one things I can do is I can show you. And then I, I like, you know, Hey, this is the path to success is being on time, showing up, ready to go, like do your thing, um, being a leader from the beginning. Well, let's let's switch it around there. Terminating somebody from a team. I think this is something a lot. The reason I'm asking you these is because these are questions that people are going to want to know from you. You've grown this thing. You have 150 employees. You know, when you're terminating somebody, what are the steps that you're taking to ensure you get, I'm not going to say the most out of that termination, but that you do it in the right way and that things don't come back to bite you in the butt? Yeah, so these are, there's two different ways to do that. One is um, back to racing. When you talk about Hendrick Motorsports, I watched the way that they did that, and they would move somebody around until they found that perfect spot for them. I do the same thing. You mm. might not be good at this job. I'll move you to the next job, move you to the next job, and eventually you'll work yourself completely out of the company, and you're just not. This isn't for you. A lot of times I don't even have to let somebody go. They can just tell. That's, it's, they're just, they let themselves go pretty much most of the time, but I will send them down the path that, okay, if you're not working well here, we'll try you here, we'll try you. I can tell you there's a lot of guys that work for me that are exceptional where they're at right now, but when they started, most people would have let those guys go 
but we found a place that met their needs and where they work the best at. However, if you are not installing a good roof or you're doing something that's harming the homeowner roof, there's no exceptions there whatsoever. That's one thing that we don't deal with. You're not here. Mm. You know, like that's the end of the day. That's the number one concern. But if you're trying and you're just not fitting into that spot, we'll keep moving you around to we find a spot for you. I mean, so one of my most successful sales guys was a project manager. And now he's, he's going to sell uh, almost $8 million this year. Mm. He was a project manager. He was decent. He did good. But he's way better at a sales guy. So we moved him around. We tried something different. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I'll show you the message after this podcast. I haven't even told you about this. One of your sales guys reached out to me on Instagram, sent me a nice message. Very nice. Um, and he's like, hey, man, it's, you know, it's very nice having you around and kind of, you know, picking your brain a little bit. Very nice. I've seen him out on the job site. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, anyways, just want to let you know. And uh, that's it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that was just a nice message. Because yeah. I'm sure you're a little bit like me in the respect that most of the time when somebody reaches out to me, they want something in return. It's like, hey, what do you want? Um, I get people, the two people in my life I say that, that others reach out to me about the most are you and Richie Kidwell. Richie Kidwell being the president of the Restoration Association of Florida, and then you, you know, people always want to pick your brain. We were talking about mm-hmm. some of these, these companies earlier, um, which I want to get into in a minute, but this might be lead right into that. Fourth question of these two, what's happening in this industry, um, roofing, that nobody is talking about right now, but they should be talking about, Jason, in this industry right now? You know, I think the industry is definitely changing a lot. I think we're starting to see where service is becoming more and more important. It's always what's the next thing. And to me, service is becoming more and more important every day. Uh, how can you meet the co- homeowner where they need to be met? How can you service them better? For me, I think the service department hmm. is a huge deal. We have 27 repair guys just every day go out. And I think that leads to re-roofs. But also, again, you're taking a guy that might not have been great at tearing roofs off and putting them back like speed, but he's really good at, you know, tiny things. He can he can um, make something look really nice, so you move into repairs. But I think a lot of people are missing the service part of the industry also, the repairs, the rejuvenation of the shingles, going in there and saving a homeowner, you know, three-quarters of the cost when you can just add the oil back into the shingle. I mean, people are missing out on that because they're looking at the big sale. I mean, most roofers, that's what they're looking at. Sales, 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 sales. They're not looking at the people or the customer. And so I believe that the service department is the next big thing in roofing, but it's a difficult task to do. It's not every day you can find good employees that can repair roofs. So that's also a difficult thing. But if you start now in five years, you'll have that team. Listen, when I started, I was doing the repair myself. You know, and so now I have 27 guys. And then again, I can take care of any warranty issues that I might have. Mm. So there's another service part of it. So I believe what we're seeing in the industry is a service department, like something big in service and rejuvenating the roofs actually is a big deal right now. Yeah, I know. I want to talk about roof rejuvenation in just a minute, but I want to, I want to harp on something here. And, and believe me, set me, if you want to set me wrong here, set me straight. And I know okay. you will. One of the things that I'm, I think in the next year are going to be a big kick on as I try to hold politicians in this state um, accountable for some of the bad laws that they're trying to pass and some of the bad legislation. We saw with SB 76 here in Florida. We saw with 1728 to try to push through this, these special sessions. We got one coming up next month. I also think in this industry, I need to begin and others need to begin to hold these manufacturers accountable for warranties. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you are very close with certainty and these others and you work closely with them. Um, and that's good because they need somebody who can say, hey, listen, guys, I'm hoping um, this doesn't make any sense to the average guy out there. And although I think that perhaps there's not a malicious intent here, they're not trying to deceive. 
I think that we could do better with warranties that are real, that are honest and upfront, not trying to pull the wool over a homeowner's eyes, thinking they're covered for 40 years when, let's, let's be real, everybody, shingling lasts in 40 years in Florida. Let's start understanding that and being real about it, Jason. Where do you come and where do you stand on this? No, absolutely. I think it's the biggest lie in the industry, a 40, 50 year warranty in the, in the state of Florida is just a complete lie. Um, there, if you read through the insurance paperwork, there's nothing in that paperwork that makes them have to cover that roof as far as a defect. Uh, what we see is the manufacturer comes in and they say, well, it wasn't installed correctly. Now we don't have to pay for it. Um, they have found every way out. They are not responsible for their product. And that's why you see storms, uh, companies come out every day because there's a, another way for them to get the roof approved is through storms, you know, that because the warranties aren't honored. Yeah. But also, the roofers don't have a good connection with the companies that they're working for. I mean, if you're creating a good connection, you're creating value with the manufacturer that you're working with, you're, you're going to hand that down to the homeowner. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And I think you're right. There's not a very good, there's usually not a very good relationship between the two. And almost sometimes can seem like there's some animosity mm -hmm. between the two, which I, in my opinion, you're working directly with somebody's product. It, it surely shouldn't be that way. Um, there's hmm. a lot wrong there. I mean, if you look at the weights of the shingle uh, of a per square, they're all over the place. There's real, really no definite thing that says how much a, a weighted square is on some of these. You're not seeing like it used to be. Um, it's the quality of the shingle isn't where it used to be. Um, and then the warranties are better. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. That's why for me, every house that I install with certainty gets a three-star warranty every time because I know it protects me and it protects the homeowner. Whether the homeowner, you know, pays for uh, a warranty, they're going to get it for me no matter what. Now we're saying, hey, step it up to the five-star warranty where it takes out the installer so they can't find a way out. And I think CertainTeed's done a really good job at that with the five-star warranty. These warranties aren't much more on a typical roof. It is worth it if you're a homeowner. If I'm buying a roof, I'm buying the extended warranty. Here's what people don't know about these warranties. They only cover the product. So you got a $15,000 roof. You're going to get $4,000, $5,000 for the shingle. Mm. It, it goes bad early, and, the, and now you got to pay the you know, $10,000, $12,000 extra. Is that really a 40-year warranty? No. No, it's no. not. You, they don't pay for the dump fees. They don't pay for the labor. And, and it's, what is that going to do for you, the homeowner, after you paid $15,000 for a roof? Now, if you get the extended warranty, it's going to cover those things. Ah. So that just comes down to educating the homeowner. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people don't put that out there because it's more money? They're afraid they're going to lose the sale in some way? Yeah, everybody's so concerned about the sale that they're not thinking about what's best for the homeowner. There it is. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you think about what's best for the homeowner, just like if you were the homeowner, what would I want? And if you create a path where the manufacturer can't get out of the warranty, it's better for everybody. Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head right there. I could just make that the first, that'll be the first clip in this podcast, that's for sure. Um, yeah, because I just could be, here's, here's my challenge though. All, you know, my GAFs, my CERNTEATs, all you guys out there. I want to come to a SVG, a roofing process, a roof con conference, and I want to see one of your big booths. And instead of seeing the bars in there where everyone's getting hammered, why don't you show me something new that you're doing? Don't show me the same regurgitated BS that we've heard before. I see all these tech companies that are coming out with new products and canvassing apps and you name it, marketing things that they can do. But I would ask how many people listening to this could say when the last real great thing came from one of our manufacturers that changed the game out there. That was like, oh man, we got something real special right here. 
in the metal game, yeah, there's been some strength. In the solar game, I see the improvements. But these guys right now, come out with something that's really going to change the game. Start looking at it and, and having a quality product that's going to look at people and think, okay, well, I want to go with this. Because I think, you know, unfortunately, I think that some people look at this, Jason, they think, yeah, you know what? CERN teach products the same as GAF, which is the same as, you know, somebody else, Atlas or someone. Well, I just like the service that one of them offers over the other. It should be different. Who's going to rise above if you're someone out there? Who's going to step up their game and have an actual better product than the competition? Are they willing to do that? I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, are they willing to do that? That's a good question. I mean, you're making longer warranties with a cheaper shingle. So obviously not, right? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. We're making a smaller shingle, less granules, less weight, but we're increasing the warranty. That doesn't make sense. Everybody knows that. Um, and then you're providing a 40-year warranty for a roof that has to be replaced in 15 years in the state of Florida. It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, when I go to the manufacturers, I like to go to the plant and see it being built, being made, but not only just to see that, but to also to create the connection that we care. We want to be a part of the process. Um, we've been to several manufacturers plants and we've watched the testing and we've been through all that so that we know our product, but also we're building relationships. So I put a roof on and there's an issue. I can call Bob. I met him at the plant and I know there's something wrong with this. We've already, so when I tell my project managers, the number one thing is to go ahead and build trust and communication with the homeowner before something goes wrong mm. right from the beginning because if something goes wrong they're not going to believe you at that point and i believe to do the same thing with your manufacturers build trust before there's a problem so that they know that you're telling them the truth and that there's an issue yeah i, mean, I want to get into the last part of this podcast before i do i want to thank one of my sponsors that's out there you know what the heck i'm going to thank two of them because we know both of them all right i'm going to put you guys together so if you don't like it you can call me afterwards all right um i'm going to put my guys at ugly roof together with my guys over there at Equipter, mm -hmm. all right? And they're both of them we know very well, all right? And uh, you guys have made a big difference in my life and the products that you offer. I know that you know, you're proud to offer some of their products as well over here and to use their products on your job site. Um, and I appreciate you helping to introduce me to some of these guys. And folks, if you are not using these two products, you are missing out. They're two people that I believe in, um, Aaron, Ty, John, the crews over there at the various companies. You know, Equipter is... In my opinion, if you're not using one, you're losing, right, Jason? I mean, you, you basically at this point, you're just using that old dumpster to go in and get rid of things. You are losing out on hours on the job. Um, it's extending way too long. You're damaging driveways, and you could be doing this in a much more efficient way. Go to Equipter.com and get with these guys so that you can, you can actually get more roofs on, spend less hours on labor, all right? And uh, you're going to do everything more efficiently. So Equipter.com. My other guys, all right? I'm not going to forget about you, Ty and John. Uh, Ugly Roof is doing roof rejuvenation. Um, I like them for a few different reasons, but as we were just talking about the manufacturers and the type of products, there's other rejuvenation products out there, but I like them because of the service and the men that they are. They are good people over there. They're looking out for your business, and uh, I believe in what they're doing. So if you're looking roof rejuvenation as a roofer, a piece of equipment that'll make a difference, get over there, Ugly Roof for that rejuvenation, and Equipter is going to be one heck of a product to help you put on more roofs. I'd like to touch on that real quick. Because Man, throw it in there. I just got an ad read here, but let's <laughs> jump it in here. I'm not sponsored <laughs> by either one of them. I uh, work with them, and I use their products, and they've changed my life and, the, and, the, and a lot of people that worked for me's life. Um, but when we talk about Equipter, you know, that is a game changer. And we were just talking about what the future holds. Number one is labor is going to be an issue, is an issue now, uh, but also service. You want to service uh, roofs. You don't want to just replace roofs. You want to service them. And both those sponsors 
are a way to solve those problems. When it comes to Equipter, mm -hmm. they actually solve the labor problem. And we've talked about this before. Dimitri's talked about this. I t we were talking about this a lot. Is you can't have an Amazon without a forklift or a shipping you know, department without a forklift. It doesn't even make sense. And that's where Equipter comes in for a roofing company. If you have a labor problem, the solution is the Equipter. You can do the jobs quicker, you can do them more efficient, and you're going to have more guys that want to work for you. And then when you talk about ugly roof, you're talking about being able to service a homeowner in another way that maybe your competitor can't, but you're also coming in the door at a different angle. We're not just here to sell you a roof. We have multiple options. We can service you. So those are two key features for the future. I can't tell you enough how Equipter has changed my life and the lives of the people that work for me. And, you know, like... They're able to spend more time with their kids, their families. Their kids are now going to college. they got some that are becoming doctors. And it's all because of this piece of equipment that made their life easier, made my life better. But also homeowners are like, I want to hire the guys that have that. That makes the job fast, efficient, cleaner. I can't tell you enough about labor and what the future holds in that. Here at Eustace Roofing, we don't have a labor problem because we have equipters. Well, he doesn't have a podcast, everybody. Thank God, because I just would have my, my ad pools right there. And they'd be like, we're giving the rest of our money over to him. <laughs> Actually, you do have a podcast coming out here soon, but a little bit different than what you're doing right here. I'm just passionate. I love it, man. I mean, yeah. it's real stuff. I and mean, people mm -hmm. think it might just be an ad read for me, but me and you were up there in PA. We've, I've sat there when, you've, when you met with Ty and John and the crew for, for Ugly Roof, talking about their product, learning it, being on the roof, seeing it for yourself. You're one of the few owners that gets out there and says, I'm going to do it. I want to see it, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to last few questions that I've got here for you because I want to have a little fun, all right? Um, what's Jason working on improving today? I uh, think when people see you, man, I remember saw you, you know, when we called the roofing process conference and you win roofer of the year, another great guy named Martin. But people got to think, this guy's got it figured out, man. 115, this guy's got it all figured out. But what's Jason working on? I'll be honest, uh, what I'm working on is being a father. Um, that's a big deal to me. I, uh, I have three kids. And I want to be a great husband and a great father, first of all. Um, I've got a one-year-old at home, and, uh, you know, I've focused everything on customer and my employees for my whole life. But uh, now that I have a little bit more time uh, and I have people that are talented and can do the job, I want to be a great father and a great husband. I'm going to follow that question with something. I heard Ed Milet say this once, and I wonder how you, where you fit into this. Your family they're good people, man. I met your father, your brother, your brother, um, your bro uh, uncle, uncle. Again, mm -hmm. So your uncle, um, I mean, his story about being on the farm and stuff like that. I mean, oh. that guy, man, he's a storyteller. It was great, you know? Yeah, think about the people that aren't in the spotlight all the time. God, man. That are behind the scenes making it happen, and that's one of those guys. I mean, his name's Richard. He's been here since he was 18 years old. And he's not going to tell you to do something that he doesn't know how to do. How many roofers are out there that can do that? I just, I've sat him down for one of the, like an employee interview type thing. Like we were, I don't know how many minutes we were there, but it was a long time. But this, I was sitting there and we were looking at David. I had a, I can't remember who I had with me, the videography. And we were like, man, this guy, like, if he told me, hey, listen, Pat, you need to go run out in that street because it's going to save your life right now. I'm, I don't think he's going to tell me wrong. No. Um, that guy just comes across as just a good man, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the kind of people you got in your family. I met your sister, uh, Brittany. Another good one, successful here in this, in this, in her own right, doing a lot of real estate. Do you ever, your place in your family, okay? Ed Milet said there's one, there's one in everybody's family who begins to really change it. Was it your father? Was it you? Do you put that burden on you? Do you, does everyone in your family put it on themselves? How does it work within your family? 
Yeah, so I, I, you know, in my circumstance, it's two people. Um, it is my mom and my father as a team. Um, you know, I was told recently, I, not a lot of people know this about my father, but he installed roofs. Uh, he was a, a, a dairy farmer from New York. My, so it's interesting. My, my father was a dairy farmer and my mom was a potato farmer uh, from upstate New York. And uh, they moved here with zero money. And uh, I recently was talking to one of my family members and he's like, do you realize I knew your father back in the day and I can tell you I've never seen somebody work as hard as that man. He would go out during the, d the morning, he'd leave at four in the morning and he'd install roofs all day. He'd get off of there, he'd mow yards all day. He had a, a yard company. And then he'd come home and pack boxes all night for your mom's uh, company that she had. So my mom started like a, a beauty care stuff. And, uh, and so together, it was a partnership that created it. A lot of times my dad will get the, you know, the spotlight, but behind the scenes, you got your mom that's sitting in there and just they're making the numbers crunch, making it work. But they're two entrepreneurs together. Um, and then out of that was when I came into the, the picture, I had a lot of struggles as a kid, a lot of learning difficulties. Um, I had a lot of walk difficult. I was walking very difficult. I had a lot of problems as a kid, but what I was taught is just to work harder. I was never taught, well, you can't do that. And so it just really developed me differently. It wasn't a crutch. It wasn't allowed to use that as a crutch. I could barely walk straight. Um, and uh, I was supposed to be like Forrest Gump, you know, with the braces. And I just decided one day that I was just going to, every step that I took, I was going to focus on that step. And then over time, I was able to correct that. But I think my father and my mother both changed their family history. And it's a big responsibility Let's to see. me yeah. for now on to do that. So that's when I say I want to be a great father. I want to take that responsibility and take it to another level with my children. Yeah, your dad he has a problem relaxing, in my opinion. <laughs> um, because, you know, I've, I was with, uh, with Rich one time. And I don't know, we walked inside. We just came back from doing some, some stuff on one of the properties, you know, filming something. And your dad came in there, and he had been on a golf course. He's still talking roofing on a golf course. Yeah. He had had some lead that came in on the golf course. He now need to talk about that. I mean, he's, he's a constant in the, in the roofing mode, it seems like. Yeah, so uh, he plays golf, and he's in these neighborhoods, and we'll be in there <laughs> roofing, and he's checking our roofing jobs out, giving us calls, telling us what he wants done and why he's playing golf. It's, it's like, you know, we actually had uh, one of the uh, golf clubs call us and say, hey, there's this Eustace roofing truck, one of your employers is – He's parking here all the time. You need to get him out. I'm like, actually, uh, that's my father. He's playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> still driving around the Eustace roofing truck and still making sales over there, right? Yeah, yeah. He's selling on the golf course now, um, doing what he loves. But, you know, now it's, it's his time to, to do what he loves. He, he put the hard work in, and it's up to me to carry that and, and to be a really, really good father and teach my kids so that they can carry it on. It's a lot of responsibility. I think a lot of times, you know, someone like me, uh, in the position that I'm in where I had a really great father that kind of paved the way, it's a tough position to be in. Yeah. Um, you know, well, your father did this or your father did that, and you damn right he did. He worked really, really hard. So it, to me, when I came in, I risked everything that he had developed. I could have threw it all away on a lot of risks that we took. So I felt like there was a lot to lose there. You know, like it wasn't that we came, you know, we, we started when I moved in and took over, that we started for nothing, but there was a huge risk because I invested everything back into the company and to the employees and, and built it from there. When I started, we had eight employees, and uh, it was scary <laughs> back then when you only have eight employees. If two guys don't show up to work, you're in trouble. You ever have that conversation with him, Jason? Your dad? You know, he's not a man of many words. 
<laughs> and some, I'm, at, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, he knows. Uh, we talk about it all the time. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've mentioned it a few times, uh, especially how appreciative we, we are or where we're at and, and the hard work it got put into it. But I will say, recently when I heard about the task that he did every day, it was really, really touching. Yeah. To just never stop. I mean, literally get done. So he broke his leg doing roofing and he was still working <laughs> roofing with a cast, mowing yards when he got done and then packing boxes all night. And he did it again and again and again and again every day. Yeah. That, that's the more, the older I seem to get here, the more I seem to understand that it's the people who do it every single day. You know, those are the real ones that end up doing something. I mean, like, it's not, maybe they'll do it once or twice or 10 times or 100. They do it over and over, and they just won't give up. That's the key. Um, they never give up. Yeah. Never. There's many a times where I can tell you stories where we put a big roof on, and we were just small, and, and uh, he was small. To go, to go, when he took over the company, there was a lot of debt that was un, un, we didn't know. And so right away, couldn't make payroll. Those days were there. There was days where a big commercial job didn't pay, and he had to take his lunchbox and sit at the doorstep of the owner of the company to make sure that he got paid all day. He would sit there and waited till the guy came. Like, had to. Couldn't make payroll. So those sacrifices to end up where we are now, you know, it's just it's amazing process, and it's never given up. I mean, you're going to have bad days. I have bad days. I mean, everybody, oh, this is successful. He doesn't have – no, man, we have bad days. We have bad days all the time. It's, it's about what we do with those. Yeah. Well, I have only two more final questions for you, although I should probably end right there. But I told myself <laughs> I was going to ask these questions. I appreciate that, man. Um, days of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> What's it mean to you? <laughs> I, I've been dying to ask this question. Great movie? It means everything to me. <laughs> uh, greatest movie of all time. There we go. Uh, there I we watched go. them film Days of Thunder at uh, Daytona. That's so why I want to ask you about this, man. Yeah. Did, uh, it, did it really change your life in that, that, you know, some people watch Top Gun, they want to be a fighter pilot. Uh-huh. When you watch Days of Thunder, you're like, okay, I want to be involved in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Or, you, or did you already established it by then in your mind? I was already racing, um, but the story and the perseverance and everything that came with that movie you know, when he tells Cole, you can make it. you got a special set of tires on the car. You can make it. Um, he believed in him. And uh, he did make it because he believed in him. Um, and so there's so much from that story. And it did. It really hit a spot with me being able to be there, watch it be filmed, some of it. Um, being in racing and uh, having to believe in other people. And then being that person in the end where people have to believe in you. That's great, man. It's a great movie. It's man. a great movie, isn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you. I mean, everyone for Top Gun, you know, those were good times in movies right there. Um, final question here for you. You're becoming and have become somebody that a lot of people look up to in this industry. Um, and when you look at this industry, who is somebody that Jason looks at, if there is anybody? And if not, maybe other ways in the world, other places. Who does Jason look at and go, okay, I, I see this person. I can see them. I'm, lo- I'm looking at what they're doing. I'm taking little bits from here. Do you have anybody that you're looking at in the industry right now? Man, I, to be honest with you, there's a ton of people that I'm looking at in the industry. There's a lot of young guys that I look at them, and uh, I'm thinking, man, these guys are brilliant, what they can do in the future. They've got so much more than I had. Um, there's guys like Chris down there in South Florida. That guy came here selling me Conklin and telling me how great it was, and, and 
I mean, he made a difference in my life. Like I, I was so inspired by him. I can't tell you enough people that I'm inspired by. I mean, sometimes even Demetri, I watch him talk and, and the value of the content that he's, he brings is, yeah. it just baffles me. And then, you know, um, you watch Monarch over there and, and the leadership that they have. Um, these guys are all coming to light and we're starting to see people that we can all believe in as a group of roofers that there are good roofers out there. You got JT, uh, veteran owned roofing company. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, was it Maven roofing? Maven. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't know these guys existed and they haven't always existed, but we brought it to light. It's becoming more, um, easily accessible to see these guys that are doing the right thing, that are making a difference, that are changing the industry. So I look up to a lot of people. There's guys that are 24, 25 years old that I'm looking up to that, that I'm going, hey, these guys are brilliant. Me too. Um, as we've done more in the podcast and the content generation game, there are people that do that. And, you know, I, I believe you know, we're both, you know, I would say friends with Dimitri. And I would say, you know, I can't wait. I'm coming out with the new shirts at his podcast. He's not aware of them yet, but they're going to be WWDD. What would Dimitri do? <laughs> um, and I think it's a powerful thing because I think it keeps people on their toes in this industry to say, hey, listen, there is somebody that will call you out and will look over your shoulder. And I look forward in this case to seeing what you're going to do and continuing hopefully to be a part in some minute way of the leadership that you will offer this industry um, now and in the near future. So thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for making a difference in my life and the people who work for me. Yeah, man, definitely. Okay, folks, you can see why this guy is uh, so special within the blue-collar trades, within roofing. Um, If you want to, if you want to get in touch with him, I'll put the website, put some of the information down uh, below this podcast. Reach out to Jason with any questions, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Thank you. All right, thanks so much for watching that video and sticking around till the end. If you like what you saw, go ahead and click subscribe. Make sure you punch that like button, and we look forward to seeing you on the next video.